If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to the sensuous sounds of InfoSec, where we talk about all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm not Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. Ben is off on other adventures. I'm Raphael. <laughs> hey, and I'm Joey Police. <laughs> and gentlemen, the three of us are here today without Ben. And it's kind of nice, actually, I think. I think that uh, uh, we need to get away from Ben every now and then. And hopefully he'll listen to this episode. But if he, if he doesn't, then uh, even all the better, because we can say all kinds of things and he'll never know anything about them. Um, so today I wanted to have a little bit of a different format. Um, I kind of wanted to start off with just, I feel like we have a lot of listeners to this, this, this show. Uh, they all know that we're security professionals and I feel like we don't often talk about our day-to-day -day lives and security and things like that. I don't want this to be the main topic of the show, but I wanted to kind of throw out, has anything interesting happened to you with regards to security lately? Uh, and I can start off uh, with two things that I'm thinking about in particular, and um, not one in my, my professional life and one in my personal life. Um, my professional life, uh, and I worked with Joey uh, on this, this case, uh, worked with a, a, a fellow IT person who was using ChatGPT to use, uh, to, to look up commands to give into a Cisco router. So he's trying to configure a Cisco router. He wasn't entirely familiar with, with all the commands he needed to do. And he was using chat GPT with, with regards to that. And that was the first time I'd ever seen chat GPT being used in that way. And I thought it was interesting, uh, at first. And then I got really frustrated <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Google search was so much faster or, or any web search, you know, DuckDuckGo search yeah, for, for yeah. these types of commands was so much quicker. And, and it felt like it was getting cumbersome. But the other side of it was we know when we do web searches with something like a Google or with a DuckDuckGo or something like that, we know that that data, especially with Google, is going to be archived, mined, looked for trends and stuff like that. I don't know that we know with chat GPT who's looking at what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. Well, well, Rafty, you've used ChatGPT. I've used ChatGPT. Matt, when we saw when we saw that cuz you're right, we were both working on this project and the individual started asking, "How do I change I'm going to use this example. How do I change a VLAN in this old Cisco ASA mm -hmm. router or whatever it was?" And immediately ChatGPT starts spitting out these paragraphs of, of text. And um, it, as I watched it, I thought, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never considered this. I've mm -hmm. never considered using ChatGPT as a help reference. I've always, like Matt said, I've used Google. Um, Reddit has always been a powerhouse of experience, the human experience of, mm -hmm. of everything. And um I, it opened my eyes to, huh. Now to your point, Matt, where do those logs go? Where, where are those, right. who's, yeah. who's tracking this and where is all the data going? Because according to what I understand, ChatGPT, it is not a library of knowledge. It is a machine that's learning as it goes. It's not a, it, it doesn't go out and say, oh, they've asked this, therefore I have it in the bank in the library. Let me go ahead and, and, and regurgitate that. It's, it's self, it's self, um, I don't want to say learning, but that's almost what it's doing. So anyway, yeah, it's updating its model. It's a large language model, and so it's it's updating yeah. its model. Yeah. So Matt, I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. And yeah, should we be concerned about that? Right. Right. Yeah. That's that was what I was thinking. Because say you know you ask ChatGPT to not do something that it can you can look up with a web search, but you know something else. You know, I, I know a lot of people have it write poetry or write essays or things like that. Um, but uh, what, what if you have it do something that 
is security related, say, you know, generate a password for you or, or a passphrase or ha- help you configure something. And we all know that these AI models, they're, they're, they're not perfect. Uh, so A, it could give you bad information, but B, what if it gives you a password and you're like, oh, that sounds like a great password for my admin account. And I start using that. Who else now knows that admin password that it gave me? <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, something that... And I thought it was cool for about five minutes. And then I, I quickly was like, oh, I'm not sure that I'm that I'm totally on board with this. But OK, I'm, we, we were so engrossed in, in the other parts of the, the job, the project that we were working on that I kind of let it go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by yeah, that, that time, was... I know you and I were, were uh, pretty tired. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weekend project that Joey pulled me in on. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, kind of on an emergency basis. So um, anyways, but the other one that I came up with uh, that happened recently was actually just yesterday. My son moved into an apartment complex, a very large apartment complex, and they still use hard metal keys to get into their their, their buildings, their rooms and, and things like that. And I thought, is this a, a security concern? Because they don't use some sort of a unified management key card access, you know, where they can track where, uh, you know, people who are living here, where, where they're going, what they're, what they're doing. Almost every modern dorm, especially at the University of Kentucky, Rafti, which is uh, in the city that we live in, every dorm there has key card access. So if you're a student, you get assigned a key card, they can track you, they can, uh, you know, change your permissions on the fly and stuff like that. But, but this apartment that my son moved into, he's sharing it with four of the roommates. Each of the four rooms has, has a, its own separate lock and as well as the, the front door lock. So he's got two separate keys to get into it. And they actually have a key cutting station there at the, at the front desk at the, the leasing office. So uh, he got assigned his room and they cut his keys right there. And they're like, okay, here's your, you know, your front door key. Here's your, 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 your bedroom door key. And I was just curious if, uh, does anybody still see that as, as a legitimate way to, to, to do stuff? Rafti, I don't want to, I don't want to speak if you, if ahead of you, but, um, yeah, so Matt, I just traveled to Denver and last uh, last month, and I was there on a on a business trip, and this was the first time that as I checked into my hotel, you did not need a key from the front desk. Mm-hmm. If you have the hotel app, mm-hmm. the hotel app has a Bluetooth now um, digital key, digital signature that it it sends to the phone, not once and it's stored, but it's timed. It's almost like an MFA key, like a, like an authentication six digit pin that you would get from Google or from uh, Microsoft to, to type in the six digit pin to authenticate you in. Right. So it sends you this code to your phone. It's timed. You hold it at the phone up to the door and it releases the lock. I'm seeing more and more. Um, I'm seeing more and more digital access control than physical key. However, I still think that there is a need for them. I am not willing and ready to change my front and back and side door. To <laughs> I still want that physical key. So now here's the question. Why do I want that? And I'm not going to answer that. Why do you guys, I mean, as a father, as a, as a, as a, as a I don't know, a Gen Xer, what do you think? Why, why do you think I don't want to do that? It's certainly cheaper to just, uh, you know, be yeah. able to go to the, to the hardware store, get a, get a lock and a key and, and be done with it. Sure. Depends well, on the lock. So it depends on the lock. <laughs> I don't know what kind of locks you're buying, but mine are not cheap. Uh, and, a, and a replacement key is fairly expensive as well. But I, like my wife would not want it. She would be scared of like a power issue or I don't know. Just she doesn't trust that sort of stuff. I, I would have done that <laughs> yeah. personally. Yeah, Rafi, I've got a shop in my basement. Um, I call it my little shop. It's a little unfinished area of my basement where I have a workbench and and I do all some hardware and models and stuff. And um, I really want to put access control on that just because I, you know, I like it. And I can put one little itty bitty mag lock and some access control. But to your point, my wife would never want me to change the doors here to access control. Um, you know, if there's a power outage, then what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if it's battery driven, you know, like how uh, reliable is it that it tells you in advance that the battery is running out? 
Right. And then like how how good are you that you have like spare batteries or stuff like that that you can sort of like replace them in time and that yeah. you don't forget and I mean what would be the scenario you're like locked out in front of your in front of your door <laughs> with the new batteries in your pack you know and you're like oh no I wanted to replace them today but now it's broken and you're like okay good I, I sort of like is it easier to hack a a old school lock and key or a new access control UFID? Uh, this so depends. Yeah. Well, as we know, Joey, because we, <laughs> we 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 learned how to pick locks at a conference I, uh, I know, earlier recently. I know. <laughs> that was a lot of fun too, by the way. <laughs> you know, no, you know, and if you've ever seen the the YouTube series uh, Lock Picking Lawyer, he he picks some amazing locks that are super secure that are that are ad- advertised as having all these security features, and he's still able to get into them. And and you know, granted, he's got a lot of knowledge. Um, and he sometimes has to use some very specialized tools to be able to get into those. Some of those tools he has, he has to even make on his own. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, he's always able to, to get into them. So physical locks are certainly, um, they always have their own, their own issues. But I wanted to bring him up because he, of course, like most of the digital stuff that he looks at, it's just a magnet somewhere that he holds next to it. And it's sort of like opens yeah. faster than most yeah. of the physical locks. So right, right, yeah, the yeah the digital based locks, yeah. If, if all they're doing is is a magnetic field, yeah, there's there's lots of ways to defeat that. All you need is a stronger magnet, essentially, <laughs> put it in the right place, and you can you can defeat it. Also, well, so first, what did Charlie, what did Charlie think of the lock and key? I mean, was it even in question, or was it one of those? What's this rotary phone doing in my oh, room? Son, type yeah, of mentality? <laughs> yeah. For those who, uh, it, yeah, this was my son Charlie, who was on the uh, a previous episode, uh, the the gamer, my, my gamer son. Um, he was fine with it. He's he, he's got a key ring, and in fact, he actually said something to the effect of, "Oh, now it feels like I have an actual key ring because prior to this, all he had was just his car key on it because he drives a 2007 car, so it still has a key um, as well. So now he's got." Uh, that as, as well as two, uh, two apartment keys on his key ring. So he's, <laughs> I guess he's getting used to it. I guess we're old men. Right. I, you know, I've, I've always had, you know, a, a ring full of keys and, and I've got rings full of keys that I have no idea what they go to anymore, <laughs> but I still keep them around on the off chance that I, that I guess maybe if I needed to, I could, I could figure out what they were, they were too. So, yep. But Anyways. just from a security perspective, I I feel like with digital stuff, um, the scary bit for me would be that I would not see um, if somebody if something has been tampered with it. Like you know, I mm. uh, with a physical lock and somebody tampering with it does not have to be necessarily close to the door. So mm. in the process of somebody tampering with it, it is invisible. And for today's, like, you're not checking on Bluetooth signals or Wi-Fi signals around your home. You don't, or at least I don't. I don't know. Maybe there are so many different Wi-Fi's around here. If I don't set up a new router or access point or or stuff, I don't check for Wi-Fi signals. I don't know how many are here. And I don't know what it would be interfering or looking at it and stuff like that. So with a physical lock, at least, um, that person has to be at that lock and and picking it right there, you know? Yeah, true, um, true, yeah. So getting caught is also uh, a much, I'd say, um, bigger part there as well. If it's faster, who knows? But if he, if the person who is uh, taking longer but sitting on the bench, like at the bottom of the dorm, you know, and hacking the doors um, one or two flights up, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then going in, opening all the doors, getting all this stuff while everybody is out, I don't know if that's better. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I know. uh, Yeah, the main thing that came to mind was they're managing so many of these apartments. This wasn't a small apartment building. This was uh, maybe 100 apartments in this this one building. I was just thinking, surely that someone has come to them at some point and said, we can streamline this and make it a lot lot more manageable. Whether it actually provides more security than the actual physical locks, I don't know. But it it, it seems like they would want to, to streamline it, at least from from that perspective, like a dorm would where, you know, again, kids get locked out. Okay. All we got, all we got to do is flash your badge and here's your new key code and you can get back into your, your dorm room and stuff like that. But uh, anyways, I thought that for, for such a sizable apartment, it was interesting that they still had actual physical keys. Um, so anyways, we'll see how, how it all goes. He's there for the next year or so. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't lose any of his keys or get, get locked out or anything like that. Yeah. Speaking so. of losing, speaking of losing keys, um, 
I had an incident where uh, uh, we we've implemented Apple AirTags now yes. on a couple of a couple of keychains here in our household, and mm-hmm. uh, you know because and I know people... why <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> Joey's wife has been, <laughs> has, yeah, we, has had some had, issues with keys. Has, we've had we've had a couple incidences and we're, we're we've gotten through them. Um, but, but since then, uh, I've, I've put a couple air tags and I've put them on mine. I am not, um, I am not, uh, you know, innocent from, a from the standpoint of not losing keys. I have lost my keys before now and, and, and found them. And it's a pain in the neck if yeah. you've ever lost your keys. Uh, but anyway, I have, uh, put those air tags on and, and do either of you see any risks with that? And I know that air tags are always, you know, people put them in people's cars and backpacks, Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's not get into the ethical side of it. Let's talk about the, the security side with the keys. Let's use that as an example. I'll tell you, we, we have, we, we did, when they first came out, we bought a four pack of air tags, not for keys, not for TV remotes, which would make luggage. a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put them in our youngest daughter's backpack mm-hmm. because she has, uh, uh, been known on occasion, she's nine years old, to meet up with some of the other neighborhood kids and go on a walk without telling anyone where she was going. <laughs> and we had to hop in the cars with other parents and drive around the neighborhood looking for these little ragtag groups of children, uh, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids, uh, to be, because none of them bothered to tell their parents where they were going. And, you know, we live in a safe neighborhood. We're not terribly concerned about them actually getting lost or getting, you know, uh, kidnapped or anything like that. We just, we got to know where they are, where their parents, they can't just disappear on us. So we use air tags for that reason. Um, and it's been very useful. Uh, I, I think that probably it would be more useful on my keys or much more useful on our TV remotes because our TV remotes are always getting stuck in the, in the cushions in the couch or kicked underneath a coffee table. And I have to go searching around with a flashlight to try to find our TV remotes. But yeah, that's our experience with AirTags. And, and, uh, and yes, I, I, I know about all the other ethical concerns that people have been stalked with them and stuff like that. Um, thankfully, so far, we've not had any issues like that in our personal experience. Uh, Rafi, do, do you use AirTags? Are you, you're not an Apple person, are you? You're a, you're, I, I you're am an Apple person. Oh, no, oh, I, have, I bought a four-pack as well. Okay. Um, and I have one on my YubiKeys. Um, and I have one on my um, hardware wallets and stuff like that. That's and smart, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and one in uh, near my laptop and stuff like that. So if and and they alert me as well. So if I leave a location or if that um, backpack leaves me for too far, um, mm-hmm. I get an alert on my watch nice. or, and on my or in my car, like with CarPlay and stuff like that. And and so I always know where my stuff is. And from a physical security perspective, like um, physical, like um, near me and stuff, I think it's it's yep. a good it's a good thing and it's a cool network. I like it as well. I think for for my kid, I would go with an Apple Watch, not with an AirTag. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't think that I would trust that. Exp- you know, AirTags are well, cheap. <laughs> Apple Watches true. are not. <laughs> true. And not only that, but then with the Apple Watch, you have to have the cellular uh, plan with it in order to to have that. So that's an additional cost. I like. I see where you're going with that, uh, Rafti. I think. Um, uh, but for for quick tracking and mobility, I think the AirTag is good. And it's we're using it. So I'm traveling overseas. I'm traveling abroad next month. And um, uh, my son, we're going to Japan, going to Japan, looking forward to that. Yeah. And going to use those AirTags in luggage, you know, to make mm-hmm. sure uh, that we've got got some tracking <laughs> on that in case. Hey, where's my where's my great bag? call? <laughs> I'm I'm traveling in June as well. I think I should get one as well. It's only in in like in Europe itself, but I'm flying. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe I should get an AirTag in there as well. Hey, well, uh, I, I was going to say with Rafti's with with Rafti's situation, it's almost like he's got his own personal nuclear football, like the <laughs> like the president has. You know, the president of the United States always has a, an aide that has the, the 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 metal briefcase with the nuclear codes in it. It's called the football, and that aide can never be more than X number of minutes away from the president. I think it's just like you know five minutes or less away from the from the president in the event of a, a nuclear uh, uh, strike. <laughs> I guess we'll oh. say. There should be but an yeah. AirTag in there as well. Yeah, that's I'm what sure. you're saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, all right. Um, uh, Rob, yeah, go ahead, Joey. No, no, no. I was just going to pass it back to you guys. 
Well, I was, you know, uh, let me ask you guys this. And one of your questions was back to, you know, security incidents that may have happened over the past week or so that, uh, that, you know, we live in this world and, and we see it day to day. One of the questions I want to ask, and for anyone listening, at what point does a small to medium-sized business negate security for cost? And at what point does security become the uninsurable um, black hole? Meaning, you can insure, Rafti and I were talking about this this morning on a call, you can insure yourself broke. Oh, yeah. Everything. yeah. And at what point does security become the insurance model of how much is too much? Here's why I'm asking is because there's a, a, a you know, I've worked with a small business where the individual did not want to BitLocker the laptop. Mm-hmm. And it's my job as a security consultant and professional to explain the risks. If you don't, then here are the potential risks and so on and so forth. And it was a matter of, yeah, we're okay. We're just going to, we're going to absorb the risk. We're going to. Yeah, okay they accepted the risk. Yeah. They accepted the risk. That's right. And so it just got me thinking, even though, yes, we deal with security incidences and, and experiences. As I was driving away, I thought, I think that was a bad choice. You know, I think that was a bad choice sure. because. I don't think the real repercussions will hit individuals that don't live in this space daily um, until it hits. And maybe that's how it is for doctors when they see somebody in poor health. Hey, stop doing this or stop doing this. Okay, I will. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know? Right, right. Well, yeah. And I think that that's part of our job as professionals to understand that all we can do is make the recommendations if it's not our decision to make. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you have to live with it. I can explain it all, all until I'm blue in the face, <laughs> but, right. but it's your decision and, and whatever the reasons were, I mean, BitLocker seems like a, a fairly inexpensive thing for a whole lot of uh, security. Um, if you're already running windows professional, you know, just all you got to do is turn it on, back up your, your, your recovery key and you're done. Right. But maybe and, they had some other reason behind it. Well, I think, I think honestly, I think one of the main reasons was they did not want to spend the money to have me do it. They did not want to spend that time. Right. Right. You know, and it's okay. That's fine. But, (laughs) but, and, and, and it's one of those where you even say, okay, I'm going to send you a link then and you go ahead and do it. It's not that difficult now. Yeah. It's not very difficult, but at the same time, if you let them do it themselves, you're, you're just as likely to have five completely unusable bricked laptops that you you will never be able to get back into again. (laughs) But it it actually, like if you didn't, if you don't have BitLocker enabled, uh, it's so easy. It's so easy. Just do it. Just do it. This was for the longest time. Something what I liked about Linux that it was, I think it was easier there to enable disk encryption, full disk encryption for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I I feel like maybe it is. It has been for longer. Um, but I think in one of the recent, I, I think it was this year um, that I enabled BitLocker on my Windows install. And I think it was you, Matt or Joey, I don't know, who said, like, it's not that hard. And I looked into it and it was not even half an hour yeah, with looking yeah. into it and never done it before. I mean, yep. as you said, like, this is in the realm and I did disk encryption with Linux uh, multiple times already. But so I knew I needed to back up this <laughs> this yep. recovery key and stuff. And um, yeah, no, but I agree. I agree. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Joey and Joey and I both uh, BitLocker our laptops. And, and the only person who knows my BitLocker decryption key besides me is Joey. And the only person yeah. who knows Joey's is, my, is me. So in the event that, that, that one of us gets hit by a bus, the other one can get into the laptop and, and save the clients. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a um, I've got what I call the Mac truck letter. You know, you know, one ever mm-hmm. wants to write one, but you, you need to have kind of that document or that package or that that big padded envelope of documents and everything that should something happen to you. And from a work perspective, I told my wife, I said, you know, if anything ever happens to me, I said, here's Matt's cell. 
This is, <laughs> this is who you call immediately, you know, for for all things technical, you know, because there yep. there will be a lot. There will be a lot. So having that having that backup is good. Um, and the first thing on the letter, Matt, make sure you delete this one hidden partition on my hard drive <laughs> before my wife sees it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. No. Hey, I put I've put that all in hexadecimal, Matt. You'll have to decode that. Oh, that, that not a problem. I can read hex. <laughs> Uh, so you were gonna you were gonna ask the question about the future generations and and security. Did I did I cut into your your next? No 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 no. Yeah uh, yeah we can go ahead and get into that. Yeah so uh, did, Rafi, did you have anything else you wanted to you know any personal anecdotes or personal security <laughs> stuff that happened to you? I, I have I have two as well. One quick personal one. Um, be careful with water cooling um, from a security. Oh yeah, yeah. From a technical perspective, my pictures uh, on the Discord this morning about that. That's true. Yeah, my my I had a custom order cooling loop, and I already talked on the podcast about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about burnout and and sort of like um, stuff you sort of like hobbies and what you're changing. And I think Joey was it who said like he used to be the guy who who knew more about uh, electronics than the person trying to sell him stuff. And now he just wants to stuff to work. And I was relating with that very much because, um, yeah, I, I built a water custom loop a couple of yeah years ago. And I did maintenance again earlier this year. And I sort of realized I'm not going to do this ever again. And from a security risk now as well, um, my reservoir um, had a crack and it started leaking in my computer. And it was like... Uh, about three liters is the whole loop. It was a fairly big loop. Um, everything was cooled in there. I had multiple radiators and stuff, so uh, I don't know how much gallons uh, or stuff that that would be. Three but liters is about three quarters of a gallon. Okay, so, yeah. So it's so, it's yeah. a lot of liquid <laughs> inside yeah. your yeah, electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the picture of this while you're talking. Go ahead. It was dripping. It was dripping. Uh, I heard it, and then I'm like, okay, gosh, uh, I need to fix this. Um, and now I'm back on air cooling. So <laughs> yep. take this advice. Um, if you don't have the time to to properly in, like look through everything while doing maintenance, maybe don't do it. And um, yeah. yeah, if you don't, if you cannot, like, yeah, have the time for it, take the time for it. Um, don't. If do you're it. going to drive a Ferrari, make sure you know what goes into replacing the brakes on a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, changing the oil on a Ferrari. <laughs> Rafi drove is Rafi's computer is the Ferrari of uh, of PCs. <laughs> it's, got, it's got some upkeep. You know, that's true. You know why though? You know why he's he's still got the Ferrari mat is because he has a just one newborn. Once yeah. he has, once he's up to three, right, he's going right. to be like you and I, and be like, yeah. no, nope, I'll spend my money somewhere else. <laughs> my my workday walk around laptop is from Walmart, <laughs> and I I say that proudly because I work with people that are like, oh, you must you must your your laptop must be like super high end, you know, super nice. I'm like, nope. Bought it at Walmart, uh, you know, ordered it the same day, went and picked it up, put it into production. And I've been walking around with it for three years now. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Nope. Uh, and I have uh, work-related stuff as well. Um, it's interesting that you talked about ChatGPT. Um, this week, or maybe early last week, we started using a large language model bot on our Discord, um, which is doing support tickets um, for our users. Yeah, um, so it's an it's a service. Some company for not too much money has a, like trained their bot on our documentation, and everything is pu everything public, so no hidden information in there. Um, and um, it just answers question, and I think it it really beautifully like when you started talking about ChatGPT earlier. I wanted to talk about my sort of like fears for my kid in the future as well. So maybe we mm -hmm. can go into that a little bit later again. But yeah. from a security perspective, what I wanted to touch on is um, we're uh, automating a lot at the moment. And so we are uh, introducing quite a lot of bots into our different systems. And um, just from, from a security perspective, do wet, vet your bots um, very thoroughly. Mm -hmm. What accesses do they have? Use least privilege also with your bots. Um, even if it's not a, a person, 
Um, but like this bot, you don't know who gets uh, access to that bot and to that API and everything on their yeah. end. And you cannot secure their end. Often you don't see it. And um, yeah, so. If um, only there was an application that could be a sentry or a guard to, uh, <laughs> to, to monitor these types of things. Yeah, if the bot is running on your hardware, of course, this uh, would be maybe easier as well. But it's like because most of those bots, like we're doing somewhere. Um, uh, GitHub bots, and of course, all the information there also public. We don't have any private re uh, repositories on our GitHub. Um, but it's just it's just something to consider. Um, we're doing so much automation uh, everywhere in all the industries. Uh, be be careful what you what you give access to. Just yeah, you know, just I hear that, and I I, I love hearing Rafi's passion of just you know that that they're moving in that direction with that advanced technology. And it makes me tired thinking about it. The, the <laughs> amount of effort that I know that you and your team are, are putting into that, Rafti. And I love that you guys are doing that. I love that there are companies out there doing it. I love that there are great minds building and developing. I want to contrast it though um, and, and tie this into Matt's topic. So last night we went out, there was a, there was a large group of us, uh, the parents, my, my youngest daughter, um, quote unquote, graduated fifth grade, now going into sixth grade. And nowadays this is a, this is a, um, it's a big occasion ceremony. It's a big deal. Right. And, and you go and they get their little diplomas and, and, uh, and, and it's nice. So anyway, we all decide to go out to eat. And when I say we all, we're talking, you know, 13 little young girls and all of our parents. And, and, and we're very close with these families because we've done life together since preschool, right. With all of these, these kids. So we all know each other very well, sports and all. So I'm setting the stage for you. And as the as you know, dads are sitting and wives are sitting and the kids are all sitting. And I look behind me and there's a group of high school boys that had just finished a, a baseball game. And I knew a couple of the boys and I went over and I said hi. And um, they they were seniors, seniors now. All right, juniors and seniors. And I looked back as the dads and I, we were all in in talks. And when I turned back around, there were several tables of these young individuals in high school. And guess what they were all doing? Just taking the phone. They were uh, all on their phones? Yeah, really? I was say, yeah. They were all, all of them. <laughs> face down. No, they were all face, heads down. At the, at a, and we were at a really, really nice restaurant, a really good restaurant. Not fancy or anything, but it wasn't a, you know, good atmosphere. It was good atmosphere. And they had a lot going on outside uh, around us. So Matt, your question, where, where, you know, what do we fear with security and technology for the, for the future generation? Right. And I looked back yep. and I thought, guys, lift your heads up. There's a whole world out here. <laughs> and I don't say that just, and I'm guilty of it as well. If I'm in an airport, I have to force myself. Don't stare at your phone. Look up, let's engage with some people. Let's have some conversation. If you're on a bus or whatever, <laughs> the reason why I tell all of this I tell long stories, I'm sorry, but Rafti and his team <laughs> developing all the chat GPT and the, and the bots and the AI and everything. And I look at the future and I think, I'm, I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of worried that, that we, are, we are getting into a world where we, we are losing somewhat of our humanity and interaction with technology. And I really, you know, I'm starting to really see, I, I want my kids to crave that interpersonal communication rather than the virtual side. That's all. I'll stop talking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that, that's a perfect segue. So yeah, the show topic today was uh, that, that I threw out to you guys is something that I've been thinking about for a while as, as a father, as a parent, and both of you all are both fathers. Uh, um, Joey and I are, have a little bit, uh, as, as he alluded to on Rofty, <laughs> between the two of us, we have seven kids to Rofty's one. <laughs> but uh, you know, Joey and I especially are getting to, uh, up in age. We're, you know, we're at that midway point, if not after it, you know, not past it. Uh, and thinking forward to stuff like retirement and, and our, but our kids are also growing older. Uh, you know, as I talked about, my kids are a couple of them, three of them are in college now. They'll be going, getting out to the workforce in the next several years. I was thinking, what does the world, what does the world look like? when our kids are our ages now. So when our kids are in their thirties or their forties or even older in their, into their fifties, what will the world look like? And in particular from a security perspective, because we, as we've seen 
um, over the past couple of decades, the security threat landscape has changed so drastically. You know, it used to be, you know, you, uh, a, a virus came in through a, through a floppy drive um, and was past sneaker net or something like that. And now we have these advanced persist, persistent threats, APTs uh, that are camping out on networks and, you know, ransom and wearing and um, getting into cloud stuff. And there, there, there's just so many and, and not even technological security threats. You know, if there's other security threats, yeah, as we just live through a pandemic, when's the next pandemic going to come through? That's a huge security threat. There, there's so many things. And I'm, I wonder what kind of a world are we leaving our kids to face? And are we giving them the tools to deal with it uh, from a security perspective? And just kind of your thoughts on that. And, and Joe, you led into that perfectly with uh, the generational differences with with how kids are are so attached to their phones, and and to be fair, the adults are too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to isolate them. You're right. Man. Yeah. And so yeah, go ahead, Rodney. But there's a difference, of course, like in regards to, and I think Joey touched on this as well, like in regards to development and in regard like mental development as well. And um, like when I look at ChatGPT and when I look at how teachers are talking about it, allowing it, and all that stuff, um, and um, just recently, um, my mother-in-law asked my wife to write her um, like a, a little paper on a topic because she did not like she was is so long long out of school and um, she did not want to write it. And my wife is is fairly good at this stuff. And what I told my wife is like, if you write this for her, she sort of like or does not go through the the motions of reading the material getting everything into her head thinking it through and then putting it into pay onto like paper um yeah we like, kind of talked about that with uh one of the ai episodes previously where it, it stunts the creative juices exactly, exactly but with this as well it stunts the creative juices but also like for for from uh from a where do people like go and and where does this this lead to i'm just like this is um it's like everybody uses ghostwriters uh, i i just feel like i have with this re like my wife is finishing it right now the paper for her mom and i'm like this is the same thing chat gpt could have done it for for so many other people and i just don't like it uh, maybe <laughs> maybe you're right matt maybe i this is, is has talked like it's the same drum again, but I just don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and with us implementing bots and everything, it's um, and also like what you're saying uh, earlier, what uh, what you have been like the story you told about that that guy asking ChatGPT to answer the Cisco question. What this the reason for this is because people don't know how to ask questions anymore. Yes, it's the lack of uh, like the knowledge being stored in like in their brain. And so they don't have the words to find the the proper like web search query to get the answer quickly. Mm -hmm. um, Matt, you were saying like it's just it's faster for you because you already have the information. It's not faster for a person who does not know how to phrase the question correctly. Mm -hmm. And so stuff like that. This is just like it develops for me <laughs> thinking through that stuff and. Um, yeah, that, that's that, that's interesting because you, you know the whole thing with the the AI revolution, the Chat GPTs of the world, is that they're natural language. So you can ask it, you know, the same question twenty different ways, and it will get it, it figures out what you're actually asking and, and gives you the answer. Whereas guys like Joey and me, and and you too, Rofty, we grew up essentially. Uh, I remember the early search engines, you know, web spider, web crawler, whatever it was called, Ask Jeeves, and so on. And some of those you had to actually parse your web search yes. a certain way and use uh, modifiers. And, you know, uh, I think there were, you know, includes. You had, and nots. Huh? You, had to use, you had to use plus symbols. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, if you, if you had multiple words, you had to chain them together with a, with a plus. So, so we had to modify our language skills to be able to ask those, those, those primitive searches, you know, to, to do the work for us. But I guess my bigger question is, is it really much worse to have natural language <laughs> in the form of AI, you know, being able to ask it questions versus, uh, uh, you know, be, be, being a web search guru using the Googles or the duck, duck goes or stuff like that. We're so good at that now. Yeah. I'm not sure that I would, uh, I, I, I would form a, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Getting back to the thing of, yeah, it's, it's so much faster with, uh, with Google than it, <laughs> or, or with duck, duck go for me than it is to, to type out an actual question with chat GPT. Is that better though? I don't know. 
I, I don't I, think I, we're going to know. I don't think we're going to know for another 30 years. Yeah. And, and the reason I throw that out there is if you look back at, at pictures of the early 1900s, kids were smoking cigarettes, you know, <laughs> literally. It was Still like, are in some countries. <laughs> right, right. But but you, you understand the analogy and the, 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 the story I'm, I'm, I'm telling here is it wasn't for another, you know, 80 years after that, 70 years after that, when the FDA, you know, comes out and they're like, um, yeah, these things aren't good for you. So we're going to start now limiting it and, and so on. And, and I wonder where we'll be in 30, 40 years uh, as a society, if we'll look back and, and, and our gener and our kids generation will be in the books of look at how they held the phones to their ears all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, or look at, <laughs> I don't know, Matt. And, and I, I try to be positive about it because technology is the world that we all work in. And right. it's because of this that we have, you know, we have our skill sets and we have our, our customers that we're able to, to work with on a daily. But at, at, the other, at the other side of it, Rafti, what you're talking about um, with the chat GPT and the, and the bots and everything, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't. Um, but we have to adapt and we have to adapt with it. Yeah, for me, it's just the, the issue that so much already, like when I look at how the educational system works and I don't like how people are sort of like just trying to get through it. Don't actually learn, just get through it, you know, yeah. and how everything is so much just just moving on as fast as possible without um, actually developing yourself this whole self-development and stuff and and i caught myself as well where i was watching a youtube video about some some and i was quote-unquote le like learning some random facts but without going deep into it i wasn't developing myself i, I yeah. grabbed random knowledge um and i started uh, to sort of like be more cautious of this and stop doing it mm. um and I'm, I'm maybe you're right maybe this awakening comes fairly quickly in 30 40 years and we're just rapidly changing it i know that, that when like 20 years ago in austria so many people were smoking and and maybe 30 40 years ago if you watch an old like movie or something everybody was smoking in every movie and so on and and it changed so quickly you know in the last decade, I'd say, like, I don't see anybody smoking around anymore. No, you're, um, the, you're the oddball person. If you, like, have to go to the street, they won't even <laughs> let you on property now. You have to, like, walk across the street to go smoke. <laughs> exactly. And stuff like that. So it changed very quickly. Yeah. And maybe you, it's hopeful. <laughs> like, I, I, I get some hope from what you're saying. Maybe this will change fast as well. But I don't, I, I see it. I don't know. It's it's a different thing. Like with your physical health, of course, this has an impact on you long term as well. But with this, it's a little bit more of a mental health and training that at a later age is harder. Um, and sort of like relearning how to learn. If you did not yes. learn how to learn properly when you were a kid, when all those pathways were forming, it's so hard. Um and um, I, I understand people who are like, um, yeah, uh, desperate on, on trying to get their kids to not just try to pass school, but actually learn something on the way. I don't know how it is for you. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, we've, we've dealt with that with our kids. Uh, yeah, get the, just, just get the grade. I don't care how you get the grade. <laughs> don't tell me that you cheated or that you copied somebody else's work or something like that. As long as you get the grade as a parent, I'm... <laughs> A lot of the times I'm just sitting back going, all right, they got an A, cool. I'm not going to ask any questions about right, how they right. got the A. <laughs> do you think, Do you think though, that there are institutions, uh, whether it's higher education or in the workforce, let's, let's use trades, let's use, let's use higher education and trades as the, as, as the two uh, examples. Let's use, let's say carpentry, for example, and then let's use um, uh, medicine. All right. As, as, as another example. So there's no way I think that you can um, cheat the system in learning both of these to become the expert, the 10,000 hour person as Malcolm Gladwell would, would put it right. You have to put in the work, whether you are hands-on or whether you are apprenticing, right? So it's like the CISSP exam. There's no way you can chat GPT your way through that. There's, there is a standard to be met within these industries, within the certain fields that you cannot quickly find the answers to. It will get you far, so far in life, but after that, 
like Rafti said, you better know how to learn because you're going to have to. Yeah, but like if school misses that, that you don't learn yeah. how to learn there, that's hard. Um, and I think like um, stuff like um, exams like that, what you're saying, um, like CISSB or stuff like that, it's it it's helpful. Um, and I feel like maybe more and more of this will come in the future just because um, this is actually like something where you can sort of like test it because grades mean less and less uh, school grades, at least for me. And uh, when we're hiring somebody, we we typically have a probation period and we want to actually check if that person actually does the work and mm -hmm. knows how to do it. Um, especially like with programming, tests are hard. So um, what do you test? And and it's allowed a lot of like creative approaches and stuff like that because you can tackle every problem so many different ways uh, and so you actually have to like as an employer now look hard at what are they doing how are they doing it um, and are they sort of like is this a one-time thing or is this continuous and it's so much more work to to vet your your employees and to vet how the workforce is doing and i feel like i don't know if it was correct to outsource this to schools But um, at the moment, at least in Austria, the approach is to sort of like give uh, even titles more and more. Everything needs to be a bachelor nowadays here. And mm -hmm. I'm like this, like so many jobs, different jobs, like we're so okay with just being a trade and not having like an, a title next to it afterwards. And what no. this does is it, I think dumb down the, the questions, dumb down the tests in the end to allow a trade um, thing because their job is not to write papers, but they now have to write papers for uh, the the title. And so it's sort of like diluting the whole system. And uh, I, I just don't know. I hope that we walk this a little bit back when, until my kid is <laughs> old enough for this. So and maybe it's local. Maybe it's just a European thing. But... Um, Yeah, <laughs> for us, this is, a, I think, an issue at the moment. Is is there a possible future where advanced AI gets outlawed? Where 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 human humanity says no, no more, we're done. Uh, I I don't think so. <laughs> we can't we can't put that horse back in the barn. No, <laughs> the, the toothpaste has been pushed out of the tube on this one, and and it's not going back in. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think only being able to put safeguards around it, um, and and learn to learn to deal with it. I, I I don't I don't see it being outlawed. I think it's it's like the internet, mm -hmm. you know, it's out there. So now what we have to do is we have to have proper practices, procedures, companies mm -hmm. to do what what needs to be done in order to um, uh, make it make it safe for for people. Or maybe even in just limited cases, for instance, in the United States government, we've seen instances where certain applications like TikTok have been banned from federal devices. So if you have a, a phone or a laptop that is owned by the federal government, you are no longer allowed to put TikTok on it. And of course, the TikTok advocates have said, oh, this is censorship. This is, you know, blah, blah. And But the, the government stance is, no, this is a security concern for us because of the ownership of TikTok. And so therefore we have the right to say, we're not going to allow it. Could that same uh, mindset be applied towards AI or towards other technologies going sure. forward because these are getting so advanced? Sure, sure. And I think the reason why the government doesn't want that on there is because they can't control the data, you yeah. know? Um, right. Yeah, I mean, anyway, we won't get into well, that. Well, yeah, if I own, you know, I own my kids' devices and right. I give them right. their devices and I don't want them looking at certain content on there. <laughs> They don't have a say. And now they can go out and buy their own phone right. and do whatever they want on it. But as long as it's on dad's dime. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I do think that there will be a time. Here's here's why, Matt. Here's a perfect use case. So my wife is a, a professor, right? And she teaches. And and um, now more than ever, there is plagiarism is at, is at a very high um, percentage. And so, yes, we'll... Do I think that the time is coming to where um, apps like that will be prohibited? Absolutely, because you have to, you know, you have to protect the uh, 
the standard, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just reading an article just today or yesterday about a, uh, a college student who was um, a student of some sort was, was falsely, falsely accused by his teacher mm. of submitting a, an essay written by Chad GPT. And he said, no, absolutely not. I, I, I wrote this myself. Mm. And she said, well, I took your essay and I fed it into Chat GPT and I asked Chat GPT, did Chat GPT, did you write this? And Chat GPT said, yes, I wrote this. <laughs> and so the student flunked, failed that essay. Student, is you know, that, is that even possible? I didn't even know. <laughs> well, I'm probably getting some details wrong. No, 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 no. She can ask. No, it's possible to ask ChatGPT, but the answer is not does not need to be correct. ChatGPT, right, right. uh, and that's the thing. Like, um, they're they're collecting the data, but as far as I understand, they're not adding that data into the current language model. So one ChatGPT instance cannot know what the other one um, sped out. So oh, really? Like with OpenAI, ChatGPT, that brand itself, there are different large language models which could know this, but the brand ChatGPT, like from OpenAI, that does not know. Um, like one instance, the public accessible um, current um, thing does not know from one chat to the other what, about, what was being said. Only within one chat, conversation. Hmm? What about the ChatGPT called Skynet? <laughs> <laughs> So you can ask it, but this, of course, is one of the issues with ChatGPT in general that it very confidently gives wrong answers. Yeah, and yeah, so this is this is that's the danger dangerous thing because uh, yeah, uh, a lot of people uh, mistake confidence as accuracy, and that's not <laughs> the case at all. <laughs> so. So yeah, this has kind of turned into an, an AI uh, discussion, uh, <laughs> but I guess that's the future of, of of a lot of discussions. Are there other security concerns? Are, are there other things that you think about with regards to your kids and the world that they're going to be inheriting as as they turn into adults? What what other concerns do you have for them? Uh, what they'll be facing that that we're used to, or that or that will seem, you know, completely brand new to us whenever we uh, uh, get to that point. That we'll never bother learning because we'll be too old, that, but that, that that they'll completely latch onto. You know, case in point, uh, you know, the, the social media, the Instagram, the TikTok. I have no interest in any of that kind of stuff. I'm too old for that kind of stuff. My kids absolutely love it. What's the next big thing that our grandkids are then going to piss off our kids about <laughs> because it's the new thing? Uh, I I think uh, I think it's going to be in some kind of uh, biomedical implants for virtualization or for Johnny Mnemonic type um, computing. Yeah, biohack hacking. Yeah, Rafti, you got some some history in that. <laughs> I don't know that you've ever implanted any chips, but you'd certainly know the the biochemistry side of it. Absolutely no, but it's from that regard. I'm not too scared about that. I feel like we can, of course, learn stuff, and I feel like I I maybe there will be a future where you're getting peer pressured into getting stuff, but I feel like doing stuff to your body still is a little bit. Um, uh, something where where we give a lot of agency and it's it's I don't know I don't see everybody running around with tattoos just because they're more socially accepted now and I don't see everybody running around with I don't know it's just uh, I don't know and you already can put for instance magnets into your body and I thought about this for a second did not do it um, so that you can sort of like feel all the electric ma uh -huh. magnetic stuff. See, maybe for the new Wi-Fi networks around me, who knows? <laughs> um, I think what I'm sort of like more most skeptical about is uh, is the future of information, and it's the future of information access and the future of information reliability. And maybe this is just also very on brand for me, but it's like um, where I'm, books are sort of like. Uh, dying out so to speak everybody's reading mm -hmm. everything digitally and yeah. um with with um so much stuff being rewritten changed and so on and i'm just sort of like yeah i don't know um if if my kid only hears or, or like hears different versions of the same thing by different people I think this just um, erodes on trust and um, makes for a worse future. And I mm -hmm. just hope that we sort of like fix that and um, get a better answer than just, I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like there's already an inherent level of mistrust of information that comes from the internet? Or do we, do, does the younger generation 
have an outsized trust in the information that they get from the internet. In other words, I saw it on the internet. It must be true. You know, there was that whole thing at the very beginning of the internet. And then there was the backlash of, oh, if you got on the internet, it must not be true. I mean, there's still a lot of teachers, for instance, that don't allow you to cite Wikipedia yeah. uh, because it's um, entirely too malleable. Um, is, is the younger generation going to trust the internet again and, and, and perhaps too, too much <laughs> or, or trust chat GPT too much or, or trust anything that, that they get digitally. But it's not just the information on the internet I'm scared about. I, it's, it's also all the other stuff, which is, which is changing like contents mm, of yeah. book as I think we talked about this as well. Yeah. And it's, it's contents of movies and it's so on. And I don't know if you saw the, apparently, I don't know what happened to my YouTube, but I got recommended this Cleopatra thingamajig so often now where they sort of like uh, Netflix, a Netflix documentary where they changed uh, Cleopatra so much that apparently it, it flopped very much with a 1% Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> I don't have any idea what you're talking about here. This, this was a documentary, like a legit documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen it, and I'm not gonna watch it. Same. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. But, but my they, YouTube was flooded with it, and and if stuff like that gets out, and if somebody watches, and I, I'm not a, I'm not too much fear mongering here, but it's like if some if my kid watches something like this, a very high, well made documentary with um, sort of like reinterpreted information. Um, which is not based on on stuff that I would call like legit. Um, it just makes the future and more like I don't know uh, if it's so unsecure necessarily, but like in more yeah scary. We're places. racing towards more misinformation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that sounds depressing. Doesn't sound like us. <laughs> <laughs> Although, whenever we talk about this type of stuff and new technologies and things, I always think, you know, of, of the stories about uh, when humankind first became literate and how the people who were literate tried to stop all the illiterate yeah. people from learning how to read because it was going to be too much information for them. It was going to be too hard for them. And we need for only the 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 cognizant uh you know uh, uh sentient people of the world to be able to read and to write um everybody else they just you know let let, let us just interpret it for you you know which is yeah. a lot of why the uh, uh some churches started out that way you know that's why you have a pastor up front he he reads and, and interprets the word of uh the bible for you so that you don't have to worry about reading all the details yourself because that that could be dangerous you could get some some bad ideas i always wonder if, if that's the same thing that we do with regards to technology and it's all the same information. It's just new ways to present it uh, and new ways to manipulate it. Are, are we being the same way with uh, trying to gatekeep? Uh, oh, no, this, you know, we, we, we shouldn't allow this type of speech. We should only allow this other type of speech. So, Great question. yeah, I don't have an answer for it. And this, this episode is not necessarily about finding answers because <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us <laughs> certainly can provide any say, answers. Exactly. None <laughs> of us have those. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, anything else you guys want to want to plug want to talk about? I, I do want to say if you're a listener of this show, we certainly do appreciate you listening. Um, Ben doesn't tell us how many people actually listen to this show. Yeah, so it's three, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, three listeners. He, he says it's three. I tend to think that it's four. Uh, so I think he might be fudging the numbers, a little bit of misinformation on Ben's part. But if you listen to the show and, um, and you get a chance to either on the Securitized website or on LinkedIn or on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, give us a rating, give us uh, a, a couple of comments. It's, it helps us. It makes us feel better. And if uh, we like what you said, we'll certainly give you a shout out. We love to talk to the people that uh, listen to this show. Uh, we like to feel like we're making a connection to you. So hopefully you get something out of this. And if you do, help us out a little bit and give us a little shout out. Uh, guys, you got anything else? If not, oh, I miss Ben in this conversation. I can hear him uh, comment on so many different things. So Ben, <laughs> if you do end up listening to this, we missed you and uh, looking forward to having you back. He's screaming in his car right now, listening to this podcast going, <laughs> oh, why couldn't they have done this with me on there? Either that or he's saying, gosh, I'm so glad I wasn't on there because this is the <laughs> lamest episode. I can't believe these three jokers actually put out an episode on their own without me running it. Gosh. <laughs> All right, and with that, we'll wrap up this episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. My name is Matt Snotty. I'm Rafael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. Uh, join us again next week for another episode. Talk to you then.
Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com, and that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.